Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Began to try to study how people in tragic situations became strong because you will remember what happened. His wife and he were, they were in an, a car accident and Bruce Banner tried to lift the car up off of her and didn't have the strength to do so. And so he became obsessed with why do people have that kind of strength? And so over the next few months, uh, he and his uh, study partner, his research partner, Elena Marks, began to study this and he became convinced, he hypothesized that it was the gamma radiation in the sunspots on people that caused them to have this kind of strength. And he became obsessed with it. So he decided that what he would do is he would perform an experiment on himself after hours. So he snuck back into the research facility and he did this uh, high dose of gamma radiation. The only problem was that unbeknownst to him, somebody had already recalibrated all the systems. And so now he didn't just get a high dose, he got a massive dose of gamma radiation, he basically overdosed. And he didn't think it caused him any issues. The only, see, this is when I find out who really remembers this far back. At the beginning of the show, they would show you that what happens is after this dosage takes place, he's out on the side of the road. He has a flat tire and he's jacking his car up and he hits his hand by accident and it hurts him. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a 330 pound, seven foot green, superhumanly strong monster busts his shirt and his pants and all of a sudden there's this muscle bound Hulk on the scene right played by retired bodybuilder Luke Lou Ferrigno. Okay, so I'm, I'm with the right people. All right, and so what he discovered is, is that um, that this, this, this monster inside of him was unleashed in moments of stress or pain or anxiety, and this is what happens because of it. He, he has to leave his normal life, and he begins to travel from town to town, city to city, trying to find somebody that could help him with his Hulk, right? He needed some Hulk help. Right? Am I right? And so he couldn't find any. One of the one of my favorite lines and most famous lines out of this the show that I watch so often was uh, there was this reporter that would follow him around to try to 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 expose the fact that Bruce was actually the Hulk. He was trying to keep it hidden, but he kept bothering him and bothering him. And so finally, this mild manner Bruce Banner looks at this uh, reporter and he makes this statement. He says, "Don't make me angry." You won't like me when I'm angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure that Bruce knew that he needed Hulk help, but I'm also convinced that in this room right now, there are many of us who need Hulk help too. Yeah, so, so, so uh, I, I need to let you in on a little secret. Some of you didn't know this. Did you know that there's a Hulk in the Bible? In Scripture, in the text, there's a Hulk. I want to take you to the Bible because it's where we find our help this morning. So I, I, I need you to go. Uh, the, the Hulk in the Bible doesn't turn green. Most likely he's not muscle-bound or any of that kind of stuff, but he is, in fact, the Hulk. So if you will, I'm going to read more Scripture than I normally do this morning, but you've got to, you've got to get a, a broad scope of his life. So if you will, turn in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 1. We're going to read one verse of Scripture there. Exodus chapter 1, verse 22 says, this. Then Pharaoh commanded all of his people to throw the newborn Hebrew boys into the Nile River. But the girls, he said, could live. That ain't fair. Um, 
chapter 2. There were at times, there was at this time a Hebrew fellow and girl of the tribe of Levi, Levi who married and had a family, and a baby son was born to them. And when the baby's mother saw that he was an unusually beautiful baby, how many of you know every mama thinks that their baby's unusually beautiful? Okay, I didn't know if you knew that or not. She hid him at home for three months. Then when she could no longer hide him, she made a little boat from papyrus reeds, waterproofed it with tar, put the baby in it, and laid it among the reeds along the river's edge. The baby's sister watched from a distance to see what would happen to him. Well, this is what happened. A princess, one of Pharaoh's daughters, came down to bathe in the river, and as she and her maids were walking along the riverbank, she spied the little boat among the reeds and sent one of the maids to bring it to her. And when she opened it, there was a baby, and he was crying, and this touched her heart. He must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess and asked her, shall I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, do, the princess replied. So the little girl rushed home, called her mother, take this child home and nurse him for me, the princess instructed the baby's mother, and I will pay you, as, I will pay you well. So she took him home and nursed him. And later when he was older, she brought him back to the princess and he became her son and she named him Moses, meaning to draw out because she had drawn him out of the water. One day, many years later, when Moses had grown up and became a man, he went out to visit his fellow Hebrews and he saw the terrible condition they were under. And during this visit, he saw an Egyptian knock a Hebrew to the ground, one of his own, one of his own Hebrew brothers. So Moses looked this way and that way to be sure that no one was watching. Then he killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day he was out visiting among the Hebrews again and he saw two of, his, two of them fighting. And what are you doing? Hitting your own Hebrew brother like that, he said to the one in the wrong. And this, listen to what the guy says. He says, and who are you? I suppose you think you are our prince and judge. And do you plan to kill me just as you did that Egyptian yesterday? And when Moses realized that, the, that his deed was known, he was frightened. And sure enough, when Pharaoh heard about it, he ordered Moses arrested and executed. But Moses ran away into the land of Midian, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Now I am going, this is God talking to Moses. Now I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to demand that he let you lead my people out of Egypt. But I'm not the person for the job like that, Moses exclaimed. Chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Numbers chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. There was not enough water to drink at that place, so the people again rebelled against Moses and Aaron. A great, form, a great mob formed, and they held a protest meeting. Would, would that we too had died with our dear brothers the Lord killed, they shouted at Moses, verse 8. And he said to Moses, get Aaron's rod. Then you and Aaron must summon the people as they watch. Speak to the rock. Don't miss that. Speak to the rock. Here's the instruction. Speak to the rock over there and tell it to let to uh, to to pour out its water. You will give them water from a rock enough for all the people and all their cattle. So Moses did as instructed, and he took the rod from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then Moses and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock, and he said to them, "Listen, you rebels! <laughs> Must we bring you water from this rock?" 
Then Moses lifted the rod and struck the rock twice. You missed it. Then he struck the rock twice and water gushed out and the people and their cattle drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, listen to this very carefully, because you did not believe me and did not sanctify me in the eyes of the people of Israel, you shall not bring them into the land I have promised them. This is the story of the Hulk in scripture. It is, it is certainly a reminder of the statement that I made to you in week one that has been resonating in my spirit over and over again. It is the reality I live with. It is the reality you live with. We live with the reality of duality. There are two people inside of us. There is a Bruce Banner, but there's also the Hulk. Anybody want to testify this morning? I'll hand you the microphone right now. Living inside of every one of us is this reality of duality. Moses is, in fact, two different people. Moses is Bruce Banner. God comes to Moses and says, look, dude, I need to use you to bring deliverance to my people. I'm going to make you my mouthpiece. I'm going to send you and set you before Pharaoh, and you're going to tell him to let my people go. And Moses replies like a Bruce Banner. He says, hold up just a second. I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm timid, and I got, I, I, I got this, um, I got this, um, uh, it, 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 I got this, I got this issue. I can't talk right. I stutter. He's, he's so self-aware. He's so familiar with his own shortcomings. He's so mild-mannered. He says, he says, like, God, I'm not the man for this. You picked the wrong guy. I'm Bruce Banner, Right? But remember, there's this reality of duality going on in him. And so now one day Moses is out just minding his own business. And all of a sudden he sees one of the the Hebrews being beaten by an Egyptian guy. And and he looks this way and looks that way. And he, he destroys this guy. He kills him. And he buries him in the sand. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 and then throughout the rest of his life, we get these glimpses of the Hulk over and over again. I think it probably stems from the fact that he didn't fit in. I think it was because he's an Israelite, but he's also being raised by the the Pharaoh in his home, by the enemy of his own people. And so he's not accepted in either, either culture, either community. I walk out among the Israelites and I try to rescue them and they don't like me. I can't go back home to, to the Pharaoh because he's put a, a death warrant on my life. I'm, I'm totally rejected. I'm unaccepted. I don't fit in in either place. And it produces anger. He kills this man. And then later, he's leading these people out into the wilderness. And and once again, this hulk rises up. And these people are whining and complaining and murmuring. Anybody ever, you ever been around people that whine and complain a lot? And you just kind of just grate you wrong. It's like fingers on the chalkboard. You know what I'm talking about? And you've taken all you can take. And all of a sudden, you've been mild manner all these weeks. And now all of a sudden, they just keep whining and complaining. And something happens on the inside of you. And the hulk rises up. And now I just want to destroy Come on, don't play with us. That's what, that's what Moses deals with. They're whining, complaining to the point that he responds as the Hulk. See, I, I want you to watch this. I want you to see this. I want you to understand this. The, 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 the reason I bring all of this your, to your attention is the last statement made. The last statement made is this, is that the Hulk, Moses, God says to him, you will not be able to go into the promised land 
You missed it. Because you have not dealt with what's going on in your life, you will miss out on the promises of God. I, I, I used you, I anointed you, I called you, I positioned you to go all the way to the promised land, and you're going to get right to the edge of it, and you're never going to encounter or experience the promises of God. I want you to watch this. Bruce Banner's issue is that he got triggered. Moses' issue was that he got triggered. Our issue is that we get triggered. Oh, come on, y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me funny. We worship in church like Bruce, man. We stand up in here and we sing, all I want is you. Here I am. Here I, we sing it, we glow, we're so anointed, we're righteous, we're holy, we're anointed. And then we go in the parking lot and somebody dings our door and all of a sudden the Hulk rises up in us and the same mouth that was used to worship all of a sudden is filled with rage and anger and I want to destroy somebody. Y'all, y'all don't know, y'all don't know, it's just me, I guess. I, 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 we sing words of adoration in church, and then I go to the restaurant, and I sign in. And while I'm signed in, just me and my lovely wife signed in, a group of 18 walk in. I've been waiting for 35 minutes. My name is on the list. They walk in, and all of a sudden, they're ready to be seated. Here's your table. And all of a sudden, Bruce Banner's nowhere to be found, and this green superhuman monster wants to rise up in me and let me tell you something. Y'all, come on, I didn't go to the state fair, but I guarantee you if some of y'all went to the state fair, you were standing in a line and somebody looked at you wrong, bumped you wrong, and you weren't singing, here I am. <laughs> the reality of duality. I don't exactly know why, but perhaps it's because we feel rejected. Maybe it's because we feel attacked. Maybe in this day and age we feel so unwanted and underappreciated. Or maybe we don't think God has done everything he said he would do when we thought he would do it. And because of that, out of something, something, all I know, I, 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 I would make this statement as definitively as I know how. I don't know if it's because there's more social media, more platforms, or maybe it's always this been, been this way. But I'm, I'm not convinced. I think that just at this moment in our history, at this moment in this society, in this environment, I seem to find more angry Christians than I've ever met in my life. Everybody mad at somebody. Everybody's angry. Oh, we worship. Please, Jesus, we worship. We come in here and we sing the paint off the walls. And then we want to slash everybody's tires. We're angry. We're angry. We act like, though, there's no battle with anger inside of us that it doesn't exist. And so rather than dealing with it as a little problem, we refuse to deal with it. And all of a sudden, it becomes the Hulk. Here's the result. The result is that in here, we're humble, but out there, we're hurtful. And in here, we're mild manner, but out there, we're maniacs. Come on now. In here, we're timid, but out there, we throw temper tantrums. In here, I have compassion, but out there, I want to kill them all. Come on now. It's, this is what's happening in us. And so, 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 so in order for us to be hero, more hero rather than villain, we have got to find Hulk help. We've got to find some help to help us deal with what's going on inside of us. Because if we don't, 
what's in us comes out. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. Okay, 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 okay. So, so, so the only thing I know to do is talk to you about this because, listen, I'm convinced that most of us don't just have anger. Here's my concern. I think most of us, the issue is that anger has us. And here's the real dilemma. The same dilemma that took place for Moses takes place for us. It costs us walking into our promises. God has made promises for us and to us about our marriage. But some of you will never experience the promise in your marriage because you've got so much anger in your life that you don't even see your spouse as the promise that God had given you. Now they become the person that you want to attack because you won't deal with the anger inside of you. And you miss the promise. Some of your children are missing out on the promises that God has for you because they love you while you're in church because while you're in church it's bless you and love you, appreciate you but you're a monster at home and your children are afraid of you. And some of you are Bruce Banner in here but you're the Hulk at work and we're missing out on the promises of God. So we got to find some Hulk help. And the only place I know to take you to, to find Hulk help is out of this account. I, I just need to give you a couple statements here that I think will help you this morning. Here's number one. Hulk help can only come if we no longer accept discreet as delivered. Moses kills a man and buries his body. He, he, kill, he thinks... Listen, Moses is convinced until the very next day when, when he finds the two Hebrews fighting and they point out what he had done to the Egyptian. Moses thought that because I've been discreet, I've been delivered. Nobody really knows what I've done. So I'm all right. He, he just hides his anger, but what is in him eventually comes out and God uses this man greatly, but his anger rises up and Moses claims that he has a speech problem, a stuttering problem, but what he's really got is an insecurity issue that causes anger to rise up because he didn't fit and he keeps trying to bury it, but he never gets delivered from it. For the rest of his life, moments, we see glimpses, just moments, where what was buried comes back to life. And too many of us have just learned to become discreet. We claim we're delivered, but we're not delivered, we're just discreet. We've learned, we become pros at hiding things. Y'all ain't helping me none. We, 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 we think that because nobody knows we're okay. We're still just as bound as we were, but because we're discreet now, nobody knows. I haven't let them see that side of me. I only let them see me worship here. They don't have any clue of how I act out there. And so I think I've avoided detection. I'm discreet, but I'm not delivered. We, we hide stuff and hold on to stuff and haul stuff that we were supposed to be set free from and delivered from long ago, but we just keep taking it throughout our life. And then all of a sudden, one week later, one month later, one year later, one decade later, and sometimes it's even unrelated to what caused it in the first place. Out of nowhere, this eruption takes place in us, and we cannot figure out why. It's because we buried it. We didn't get delivered from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so we have confused discreet with delivered. I just came to tell somebody this morning that, that delivered doesn't mean hidden. Delivered, delivered means 
it, it, it has to be uprooted. It means we unbury the thing that we've been hiding and we allow Jesus to ultimately and completely and once and for all destroy it. So now that when we bury it, we bury it because it's dead. That's delivered. Discreet is not just coming in here singing the songs on Sunday and then being somebody else when you leave and responding to people out there differently than you respond to people in here. That's being discreet. Deliverance means I'm the same everywhere because I've been set free and I'm not hauling this stuff around for the rest of my life. I'm delivered. It's been uprooted. It's been destroyed. It's been dealt with once and for all. You know, hidden doesn't mean healed. For some reason, we think if we, if we can just hide it, then we've been healed. That does not mean you've been healed. In fact, you will never be healed. God cannot heal what you hide. He cannot cleanse what you cover. You have to bring it out in the open. I'm reminded of the, the, the account in the New Testament where Jesus encounters this man with a withered hand. I don't know how it went down, but I think I know how it would go down today if Jesus walks into this room right now and finds us with a, a, a withered hand, a, de, a, a deformity in our life. What we would do is we would be discreet we would hide it I'm not gonna let anybody know I got a problem I'm not gonna let anybody know I have an issue I'm not gonna let anybody know that there's something on the inside of me they think I'm holy they think that I worship better than anybody else on my side of the church they've seen me take a microphone and declare that the goodness of God and so I'm going to be discreet I think that we would hide our withered hand and we wouldn't be healed the reason that the man that Jesus encountered that day, when Jesus says, stretch forth your hand, he didn't specify which hand, but the man made up his mind. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody has come to the conclusion about my life. All I know is this. If I can get my deformed issue in the presence of Jesus, he can heal it completely and set me free. So I'm not hiding anymore. Here it is right out in front of God and everybody. This is my issue. It's all messed up. It's held me back. It's kept me from going into the promises of God. Here it is. Heal me, Jesus. And in that moment when he quits being discreet, he finds deliverance. My question for you this morning is how many of you are sitting in this room that have got some stuff hidden that nobody knows about and you think you're free, but you're not really free. You're just discreet. Deliverant. Hulk help only comes when you're open. The second thing I want you to hear this morning is this. Hulk, Hulk help comes when we get to the root so that we kill the fruit. Come on, worship team. I've asked them to come back. I want us to sing this song again that we, we ended with this morning, but, but I need you to listen carefully. Hulk help only comes when we get to the root so that we kill the fruit. The, listen, one of the famous lines out of Hulk is this. He said, Hulk said, I get so, I, I just get so angry all the time. Listen to what he says. Hulk always, always angry. My question is why? Can I help you this morning? Anger is a secondary emotion. It's not a root emotion. Anger occurs as a result of something else. Something triggers it. Something causes it. And so we, we've got to discover anger, since anger is not a primary emotion and something causes it, we've got to address it because if we don't figure out what's at the root, we can't kill the fruit. It will control us. 
You have to. See, so, so, so my question is, is, what's causing you to be so angry? Why are you so mad? What has happened? It, loss? Tragedy? Betrayal? Somebody, somebody said something about you? Somebody didn't want you? Somebody walks out of your life? What has broken you to the point that now the first thing that happens is you green up? What? Because until we deal with that, until we come to this place where we lay that bear before Jesus, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, we lay it out in front of Jesus and say, I don't like the fact that the person I thought that was going to love me forever walked out. I don't like the fact that the person that I thought had my back stabbed me in my back. I don't like the fact that the people in my life that I thought would always be here are no longer here. I don't like the fact that when I felt like I needed you at my most, I couldn't find you. I don't like it. And out of that, it's producing the fruit of anger. But Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm laying it bare before you. I'm asking you to get to the root so that you can stop the fruit that is existing in my life. I need to allow you to dig up, dig up everything that I have buried so that you can strike at the root. See, here's the issue. Many of you are walking through life this morning and you're trying to just clean out the cobwebs over and over and over again. The cobwebs of anger, the cobwebs of fear, the co all this stuff you're just trying. The only way to get rid of the cobwebs is to kill the spider. What is the spider in your life? What's the root of all this? And if you could ever allow Jesus to get to the bottom line in you, well, well, it's drugs. No, it's not. There's something under that. It's alcohol. No, it's not. There's something under that. It's I can't, I can't stay committed to a relationship. There's something under that. I, 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 I pull out, I pull away. I, I'm in tight relationship. I keep jumping from church to church and relationship to relationship and small group to small group. About the time they really get to know me, I take off and try to run and hide. Why? Why? What is it in you that causes you to do that? What's the, what's the root of that? The only answer, the only solution, the only fix, you can bury it and it'll come back. Four marriages later, it'll come back. Nine churches later, it'll come back. 22 small groups later, it'll come back. 86 therapy sessions, it'll come back. Until you allow Jesus to get to the bottom line of your life and lay that thing bare. That's why it's not enough just to sing, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Unless we come to the place where we rec not recognize that I have to allow him to deal with the issues of my life in order for me to be free. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us. We need your help. We need Hulk help.
God on this microphone and in the, in the, under the sound of my voice through this microphone, there are people standing here today, sitting here today, that seem to have it all together. We look a lot like Bruce Banner. We're timid and mild in here, but when we leave this place and the music is not playing like it is right now, and we're not surrounded by your glory and this atmosphere, we are triggered. And too many of us are missing out on the promises that you made us because we've never been truly delivered. And so, Father, I pray that what you would do this morning is that you would enable us to get to the bottom line It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.